Welcome everybody, this is Robert Lee Camp coming to you live from Leicester, North Carolina, just outside of Asheville, North Carolina, in the mountains here. I really love living in the mountains. I don't know what it is about being in the mountains. Something about being high up, I guess, I'm not sure really. Uh, I hope things are well where you live. There's been a lot of weird things with all the fires out west. And it's funny, on the east coast here, we've been getting lots of rain. Um, our river is full. Um, it rains almost every day. Um, and it really hasn't been hot up until now, but now it's starting to, starting to get a few hot days here. When I mean hot, I mean like 85 or more. Nothing like Phoenix or someplace like that where where it gets like in the 100 degrees area here. So welcome to the show. For those of you who are new, let me give you a brief introduction. I give a short talk here in the beginning. Uh, we take a break, a short break after that. And then I open up the conference to Q&A mode. And when I do that, I'll announce it, and you're able to raise your hand if you'd like to share or ask a question about your cards or yourself or someone else's cards. You know, I'm here for you, and I'm happy to have a look and tell you what I see. Uh, so that happens after we have our talk here in the beginning. And if you're calling, let's see, if you're calling on a phone, I think you have to hit star six and then one to, um, let me make sure I got that right because I'm not actually looking at the page with the directions. Just make sure I got that correct. <laughs> Isn't the internet wonderful? <laughs> I just uh, took a retreat this weekend. I don't do this forever. Yeah, star six and then one. And that's how you raise your hand if you've called in on the phone and would like to share or ask a question. I, uh, this is, I don't really do retreats uh, that often. I never, really don't remember the last time I did one. And, but this was one that was being put on by my spiritual teacher and it was a silent retreat. So uh, there was no talking allowed in between sessions. And that gave each of us a lot of time to be with our thoughts and feelings and just sort of inquire inside even deeper into what's going on in our life. And, and you don't have to look. I, I discovered that I don't have to really look very far to see um, my issues come up. So tonight's talk is a little bit about this. Uh, some of you may have already may already be familiar with this. Uh, I'm just going to give you an overview of, of this, and I think it's very very important information to me. It when I when I remember when I first uh, heard this these kinds of things. It really, really caused me to think about my life and myself. It was um, just 
uh, mind-blowing. And I actually had some spiritual experiences around that time associated with all this looking at what's going on in my life. So I, I'm hoping that some of this might uh, have a positive effect on you, on some of our listeners here tonight. And maybe this will be interesting to you. It's not interesting to everybody. I found that not everybody is really... There's a lot of people in the world that are doing spiritual things. But there's different degrees of spiritual, I've, I've discovered. And, you know, at each stage of spiritual growth, I would say, we're each kind of being drawn into looking at ourselves. I mean, we, we've, we've heard all the sayings, you know, the truth is within and, and, and all of this and finding yourself and so forth. But it, it, it took me a long time before I actually felt like I was really doing it, like I was actually really looking at who myself is. Okay, so that's kind of like, that's a little bit of what we're going to share about tonight. So I remember when I read Eckhart Tolle's books the first time, how profound it was. And one thing he said that was just really profound, he said that, you know, basically we're living a story-based life, which means that there is a past and there is a future and and these are both constructs of the mind. Both the past and the future actually do not exist outside of our mind. So you might say that they're both imaginations. We don't really know, you know, I mean if you really if you really examine, take a look inside, it's hard to say whether the past really happened or not because it's just a memory now. It's just a, a mental impression now. It's not part of, of the now and the future. But one thing he said that I found very profound was is that we look in our past to find out who we are. That's where we look to see who am I. So like if somebody asks you, like, who are you? You'll find that the first thing you do probably is go back and, and talk about what you've done, you know. And I mean, if you get if you get if you talk to a really old person, you can spend hours. They can spend hours telling you about who they are, and it's all about these stories from their past. And then the future, Eckhart Tolle said, uh, and other teachers have said this too, is where we look for fulfillment. We're always looking ahead for something good to happen to us. And Taking our so our life is a combination of our past and our present and our future, but really it's more really emphasized on the the past and the future. You know, you look at that's the conversation, that's the story of my life. I, we we did an exercise in the retreat this weekend. Where we just we just it didn't really it wasn't planned or anything. I I don't know how it came up. Somebody was sharing and. It was like, what would it be like if you didn't have a name? What would it be like if you had no name? Just imagine you don't have a name. I thought, I thought about Prince when he, uh, he put that album out 
and you know I wasn't really in touch with Prince, but he didn't have a name anymore. There was just a symbol on the album cover, and that was who he was. And I didn't really, I thought it was kind of dumb at the time, but now I'm, from, from another perspective, it's quite brilliant in a way, and also it, it's a good exercise to imagine not having a name. Because think about it. Uh, does, do you have a story associated with your name? I certainly have a story associated with my name. I know what Robert means and I know what Lee means. Uh, then I have like my family history and how my father's name is Bobby Lee and I'm Robert Lee and how other people in our family have had the middle name Lee, other cousins and uncles and of mine have had uh, have this story, okay? But is that who I am? If I think I am that, then I am. You know, that's where my identity lies. Now, we each have, this is all about identity. You know, you think about cards, okay? Are you your card? Think about it. Now, I, found, I have found the cards to be extremely useful in creating a mirror for us to see ourselves. But it's very easy also to see that it creates a story for us. And it creates a new story for us, perhaps one a little different than we had before. But still, it's a story. It, it's something. And it becomes an identity. I certainly have gotten very attached and identified with my cards. As a matter of fact, when you step back from the cards and you look at your birth card and your ruling card and your um, decanate ruler, whatever, these are the cards in your life spread which we, with which we have the strongest identification. We think this is where we operate out of. And that sets up a pattern. The fact that we operate out of those cards and their associated patterns creates a whole structure of an identity that, that we, we have. And here's the thing, though. The problem with stories, the problem with stories is that once we are identified with the story, then we have to maintain it. If I think I am any story, like my name or my card, if I'm, to the extent that I'm identified with that, number one, I have to protect it. I have to protect it from other people. And I want to build that up. I want to make that good. Uh, so I'm actually investing and building on that story. And I want that story to be a good story. And I want that story to work out. Maybe I want to be a good person. Maybe some people want to be a bad person. That's not everybody wants to be a good person. But some people, we just want to be good, good people, right? And we have a definition of that. All of that is story-based, mentally-based stuff. But when somebody would challenge our name, our card. And these are just, I'm going to talk about a lot more of the identities that we have, the story-based life. But these are just some of the two basic ones you can think about, you know, your name and your, your cards and so forth. If somebody said, oh, that's a shit name, that's a crap name, your name's terrible, you might get offended by that and you might feel the need to defend yourself. And now you're, now you're, struggling to maintain and keep your identity going. Somebody has threatened it 
your identity. And this is what's the problem with living a story-based life, is that if once we are living in a conceptual life on any level, it, it, it is always being threatened by everything around us. The reality of the world is such that any identity that we have will, will be threatened over and over again because these identities are not real to begin with. Just imagine this for a minute, that these identities aren't really real. We have sort of put ourselves into them and acted through them, but if they were real, they wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to just tear them down so easily and we wouldn't have to so desperately build walls around ourselves and defend ourselves and protect and make ourselves feel better. One thing that the ego, and when I say ego, what I'm talking about is the story identified way of living. One thing that the ego does is to feel better, it's to feel better and to feel more safe in its existence. It's always comparing itself to other people and trying to find a way to feel better about oneself. And so if somebody is, does something really stupid or we think is really dumb, we laugh and we feel better because we feel stronger in our identity. It's very interesting. And I can tell you, like I was, we, we, we had a lot of talk this weekend about age. Uh, uh, I guess a lot of the people there were my age or even older. I'm 65. And I was thinking about age. And, you know, age is, there's two kinds of age. There's the physical age and there's psychological age. So the body has, our bodies have it, their own cycle, you know, our bodies. And, you know, you you're young and you grow and you get more and more developed and then you reach kind of a, a prime number of years and then uh, and your physicality is very strong and then then you get older and you start to start to to, cur to, to curtail off you start to lose all the things you gained until finally you lose everything and that's the body's thing but mentally and psychologically even people that are young can be quite old because they can be so rigidly stuck in story-based life that they're practically dead even though they're young. And we'll talk about some of these. Uh, this is something that we all do. Okay, so if I am taking sides on something, let's say political, let's say I, I see myself as a liberal or I see myself as a conservative or I see myself as pro-Trump or anti-Trump, I see myself as pro-this or pro-that, okay? I am now defending and fighting against a lot of people. As soon as we take an identity and we say, well, I am a this, I am a that, or I believe this, or I believe that, we immediately are taking a side 
and now we have to defend and we have to fight. And the ego, this mind, this story identified self, loves to fight. It gets strength from fighting with other people. It creates enemies, and enemies strengthens it because really it's all about separation. You know, like the ego wants to be unique and separate. It doesn't want to be in union with everybody else. It wants to be distinctive, and when anything tries to make it in union, it it gets afraid and it fights. If you take a religious point of view, if you believe in a certain religion, whatever religious beliefs you may have, whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God, even if you're an atheist, if you're an atheist, you have to defend that. It's all something that we have to defend. Spiritual. Spiritual stuff, not just religious, but even if you're not religious, but if you're spiritual, you may have beliefs that you, if somebody came up to you, you would have to defend. Uh, Ajay Shanti, who is uh, one of my favorite teachers, he has a lot of videos on YouTube. He tells a story about he was walking, he was a, a practicing Buddhist for a long time. And he was walking in the forest and he had his robes on and his malas around his neck, these beads. And he came upon this old man uh, sitting in the, on a bench and um, the guy started talking to him and he, the guy asked, What's those, what are those things around your neck? And Adyasanj says, those are my Buddhist rosaries. And the guy looked up at him and said, Buddha was an asshole. <laughs> and when he said that, Adyashante realized that his whole identity with being a Buddhist was being thrown into question. And he realized that this man, this man who just seemed like nobody in the forest, was actually an awakened person who had said that just to see if he was going to defend his Buddhism or not. You know? So you may have a spiritual belief. How about dietary beliefs? How about believing that this is the right diet, that is the wrong diet? How many times do you, or the health thing, or you know, smoking, non-smoking, physical exercise, lack of physical exercise, where do you find yourself having to defend your beliefs because you've placed your identity into a concept? Now the whole world is out killing each other over concepts. People will kill you. Um, Non-believers get killed in the, by the billions, by the millions and billions on our planet. It's what's happening. We're all taking sides. But you don't have to take sides, and I don't have to take sides. You know, everything that we say, like the truth cannot really be put into words. It really cannot be just a concept. We, we struggle with it. I mean, I struggle with it. I try to find a mental structure that will take me to the truth. But in the end, I find that all these I have to let go of. I have to let go. So actually, I think that you'll find that you don't, maybe you don't need to be fighting with people. Maybe you do, but maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have to have an idea or belief structure that you have to defend. 
Think about it. Think about not having to defend any idea. I remember uh, one of the teachers that I've read, uh, his name is Jed McKenna. When people would ask him, you know, do, do you believe in UFOs or whatever, different things, he says, I believe in everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because in his mind, in his way of looking at life and where he was, uh, you know, uh, none of them meant anything. So why not believe in all of them? None of them really have any, any truth to them. So if we're talking about getting into, in touch with what's really true and real inside of us, we have to somehow get beyond this mentally manufactured version of ourselves and these identities that we have placed into all these different ideas and thoughts and books and methods and rules, regulations, and we have to be free of those internally so that we don't have to fight with anybody. We don't have to make ourselves different. We don't have to take sides. We don't have to find enemies. It's just a matter of just watching. I mean, I, I've, I've noticed, you know, um, in myself, I noticed that, I mean, it was just a few years ago, really, I, I look back and I was just so full of judgments about everything and I thought I was Mr. Smartass and I knew everything and I knew which side to be on on every argument on every every discussion every topic I had I was on the right side and oh my god being right is what people kill each other over too is being right and I was Mr. Right about a lot of stuff in my own little world and you know it, it the universe is very kind in that it will always keep pushing against these unreal things that we got going it just keeps coming back it's not going to let us go it's not going to let us keep having these things it's going to keep creating situations where we get an opportunity to let go of that stuff to let go do we have to take a side politically do we have to have a, a religious belief do we have to have a spiritual belief a belief about anything do we have to have any belief that makes us take a side against some other group of people or in the individual that's the question or can we all see that we're really just all trying to get the same thing we all just want to have peace love and happiness in our lives it's not going to happen through all of these ideals it's funny you know when you think about you know Communism, when I was a kid, communism was considered a very bad thing. You know, I grew up in the, in the 50s and 60s, and they, there was a lot of things on the news about communism. Communism started out as a beautiful ideal. It started out as an idea of an ideal society where everybody was equal. That was the, the root. It's a communal way of living. Of course, it didn't really turn out that way, but more beyond that and you know millions and millions of people got killed over trying to create a communistic life a beautiful ideal turned into a reason to kill somebody else that's how any idea is any belief system so 
it's really good for us to take a look at, take stock of all of our beliefs, even the cards. The card system, you know, if you really think you are your card, uh, somebody, you could run into somebody who's going to challenge that and it could like put you into a tizzy somehow and you could get into a big disagreement or argument or something with somebody else. Is it really worth it? Is that really what you want to do? I find that the cards and astrology are helpful. It, it helps a lot of people to, to put a perspective on their life, absolutely. And for many people, it awakens them to uh, an acceptance of the pattern that they're born under. And that's a beautiful thing because there's no, oftentimes there's no real way of looking at who they are and seeing a positive about it. So it has this beneficial stage and it's very good. But I can tell you that at some point, all of this has to go as well. All of our beliefs, including what car we are, what sun sign we are. I mean, I still look at everybody and ask their birthday. It's not like I don't do that but I'm, I'm watching myself do it. And I know that it's like I'm always leaving this big like opening for what I know about the cards to not be true and to surprise me. And it does. It does often surprise me. I mean, I'm just finding myself more and more leaving these openings of I don't know. Instead of just trying to put a story on somebody and say, oh, I know why he's doing that. It's because he's a this, this card or that card. That's why they're doing this or that. See? Which I've done for, you know, 30 years. But, you know, I mean, we were just talking today. I was talking about to my wife about I have a tenant in a rental property down in Florida. And this guy always pays his rent late. And he always pays a late fee. It's like 50 bucks a month. But he's always late, so I always have to get in touch with him or follow up with him. And I was sitting there like, why does he do that? And then I just said, oh, I have no way of knowing. I don't know why he's doing that. I wouldn't do it, but he's doing it. I guess I can just let that go. I don't need to know really why he's doing it. He's doing it, and then I deal with it. It's what's happening. And he's got his reasons. In the past, I really would have tried to find out why he's doing it. I'd like to know his birthday and try to figure out his astrology or his cards, whatever. They go, what's going on with this guy? Why does he do this? <laughs> so that's my little spiel about the story-based life. And, you know, as we talk tonight, as some of you raise your hand in, in the Q&A session, We'll be telling stories to each other, you know, and we'll be looking at life through that story-based thing. But more and more, I'm, I'm finding that my interest in the cards and astrology is more about how can these systems take us to a deeper connection with ourselves? You know, how can these systems be used? And like... You know, I have it. my latest book is Cartus Spiritus, which is the meanings of the cards in the yearly spreads and how they lead us to a deeper understanding of ourselves. And even in my um, 
previous book, Exploring the Little Book of the Seven Thunders. Um, I'm heading in that direction. And we're having this workshop next month, uh, well, in yeah, September. And it's all going to be about transformational readings. Well, transformational readings only occur when you can get a person to start seeing deeper inside themselves. And that's what we're going to do in this workshop. We're going to actually, everybody in the, in the workshop is going to have a chance to go deeper inside themselves with their own cards as a, as a reflecting mirror. And we're going to show how to use the cards to get deeper inside so you can see what's making a person tick. Not just the external manifestation, not just what's happening, but where is the source of that. Where is the source of that energy that's creating this sort of pattern in their life? We all have them. We have these patterns that we that we go through and cycles that we keep repeating over and over again. Okay, so we're going to go into Q&A mode. Let me go back here for a second and put ourselves in Q&A mode. And I'm going to play a little song. And you're welcome to raise your hand. And I will call on you. And we can discuss whatever. Uh, and I'll have, I'll have my software in front of me so I can look up your cards if we get into something with your cards. Okay? So let's see. Let me find... I wanted to play... Uh, let's try this one. What the heck? It's a little, little fast, and I think. Ah, uh, let me try this. This one will be better. This sounds better. Be right back after this. Okay, I don't know how long I was gone. <laughs> oh well, uh, I'm back. How are you? Okay, let's see. Um, who is that three one zero area code? Let's see. Who am I speaking to? Yeah, man. Um, hey, Robert. Hi. Who's this? This is Nick and Anna. 
Hi. Hi. How you doing? How you doing? Good. I, I I didn't hear I didn't get to hear your name. Can you repeat it? Oh, I'm I'm Nick. Nick and Anna. And Anna. Oh, Nick and there. Anna. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, yeah. Nick. Oh, hey man. Um. Okay, so I I have a lot of questions. I'm not sure how much time I want to take up your time, but I had questions about like the mystic textbook and like like the Renaissance crossover using like the emblems of like you know the kings and the queens, and then like I had some also practically like um, some technical information within the system. Like, um, well, for example, we'll start with um, you want like birthdays and stuff, like what my birthday or whatever. Sure, sure. Okay, so it's November 16, 1982. Some before club Scorpio water dog. Um, okay. And I, I knew I had a jack. I had a jack of spades in Venus, and I had a two of diamonds in Mercury, and I had a six of diamonds in Jupiter, and um, clubs in Venus. And I just quite the person that t- turned me on to the knowledge was like um, was a, as a, a king of diamonds, Cancer, 1983, and someone else had told me about their. Uh, knowledge of the system they said that that person was a double king so what does what does that mean if someone's a double king it means their birth card and their ruling card are both kings oh, okay and what's the double king for the uh, the queen of uh, the king of diamonds uh cancer well it's a king of hearts oh okay gotcha right okay so there's only um there's only i think two birthdays that are double kings uh, there's the Virgo King of Hearts and there's the Cancer King of Diamonds. Right on, right on. Okay, yeah. cool. And that's a lot of and, king um, energy. That's a lot of king energy for a person to have, and they have interesting lives because of that. It's very interesting. That was the person that passed this information on to me because I'd never heard of the Order of the Magi or anything like that before. But I was very curious of astrology and numerology prior to this. Sure. I found it. Found to be connected, and also the Chinese, um, the lunar astrology was very fascinating and connected as well. Um, and I found to, to get the readings, you have it, it really helps if you have a, a like a, a bit of knowledge of the kind of across the board of all these different sort of ways. Um, I'm I don't know, I'm super fascinated by it. I cannot like I mean I I read this system every day and I see the patterns all the time. It just it just baffles me every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, your birthday, being a four of clubs, you're, you look for patterns. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're Absolutely. good at that. You're really good at that. <laughs> it's like one of your gifts is to be someone who could find patterns. It's, yeah. not, the only, it's and, um, not the only card, but fours tend to be like that because they're, they're very logical and they're very methodical, and they look for that uh-huh. kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, did I have any? Did I have any other cards? Like, because I need the highest value or uh, frequency of cards that I have was the Jack of Spades, which kind of kind of was worrying to me at first because I read about the Jacks how they have it like a, a like a dishonesty thing or like a kind of thing like that, and I had it in Venus. So, like, what does that kind of mean if I have a Jack of Spades in Venus? Like, what does well, that mean? Well, it means that Venus card is like can symbolize who you're attracted to. Right. So. Like female four clubs, they always like the bad guys, you know. Right. The motorcycle <laughs> riders, the you know the gamblers, the guys that are, uh, you know, flirting with the law, you know. Yeah. Not necessarily following the law. Uh, 
and 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 they end up suffering a little bit as a result but that's what turns them on and they're in they like that you know now I don't know how that works out for a guy but there's got to be something there going on with that I honestly I don't know but I'm sure there's some pattern there maybe you could tell us you know who who you're that's attracted funny. to well I'm thinking yeah because my partner's at Queen of Diamonds Gemini 85 uh, June 5 85 and um, I know that she has a, a possible ruling card, which might be a queen of spades. Maybe there's a jack and a spades thing going on with our relationship. Sorry, a jack and a queen thing. Sorry, a jack and a queen in the spades uh, suite. Well, she has a queen of spades in Neptune, but that's not her ruling yeah. card. She's a, she's a five of hearts ruling card. Oh, sorry. So that, so, yeah, that's right. Her five of hearts ruling card. But then Neptune, was, that's more like her dream sector or something like that. She has, like, strong, she has abundance in manifesting her dreams or something, maybe? Um, well, the, the Queen of Spades, uh, the Queen of Spades has a lot of different meanings. It's the card of self-mastery, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Queen of Diamonds often have sort of like a connection with, and a desire to like further their self spiritually. Yeah, big time. Not, not all of them go there, but mm-hmm. they all do think about it. They all think about it, but not all of them actually end up going there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's present, but it, it varies between individuals mm-hmm. just how much that gets expressed. It mm-hmm. can vary from mm-hmm. individual to individual. Like some Queen of Diamonds, like I was thinking about, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, who's the same birthday as me, he's got a definite spiritual thing. It's weird, but it's a spiritual thing, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I always did, too. Mine was kind of weird. I was in a yoga ashram for 10 years and things like that. So, mm. you know, okay. but it was there. There's, there's some desire yeah. there to get to a deeper place. And that's, I think yeah. that's true I've for all Queen of Diamonds. Yeah, Queen yeah, of Diamonds said that, that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it may and or may not be... Yeah. It may or may not be due to the Queen of Spades. The Queen of Spades really speaks about the last years of life, too, because it's a Neptune card. And it mm-hmm. kind of promises us that we're going to have more spirituality as we get older. You know, so It's sort right. of a, prom- a promise that's going to become stronger in our later, latter years. Mm-hmm. Can you, can you see any kind of connection between um, our birthdays? Like, she's 1985. We have a six of hearts and I have a five so I, have, I had a six of hearts karma cousin, and would you have a five of, five of hearts yeah. um, ruling card? So maybe that was good. Well, first of all, your, Nick, your ruling cards are both eights. Yeah, eight of spades and eight of clubs. Mm-hmm. Right. Queen of diamonds is the Pluto card to the eight of clubs. Gotcha. So she's a Pluto influence to you. She's... She may not do it on purpose, but her presence in your life is going to cause transformation for you. Right. Yeah. Well, because, like, we've been together a really long time, and it feels like a really beautiful relationship. Like, if I, I, like, we just feel at home with each other after, like, having, like, relationships in the past that have been pretty, like, don't feel yeah. good. This one just feels like every day we're just, like, it just yeah. feels like there's so much love every single minute, which is really cool. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's yeah. really nice. I mean, you have a lot of connections. You have, like, a lot of Mars connections, both past life and, and current life Mars mm-hmm. connections, which makes it good for activity and working together, doing things like that, you know. 
it, I mean, I'd, I'd have to look at the astrology to get a deeper picture because the cards show that you have a lot of connections, but I, you know, I don't see a moon connection here, which I usually, usually most significant relationships have a moon connection. Not always, but they often, mm -hmm. they usually do. Because if you look at our natal chart, we have a, um, I have a Scorpio moon, and she has a Capricorn moon, which is pretty compatible. Yes, yes, that's that gives emotional compatibility. It's good. It's good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, you need like the best thing is if you don't have any hard aspects in astrology, like her Saturn squaring anything in your chart, or your Saturn squaring anything in her chart, and like not having any Pluto squares. Uh, either way, you know, from one person to the other. Those kind of things, it's more like, in, in my experience, it's more like finding somebody that you don't have these terrible aspects with. <laughs> for, lack of, for lack of a better word, you know. Like, uh, if you don't have any terrible aspects, you're probably going to get along pretty good, you know. Totally. <laughs> hey, hey can, I, um, can I ask you about Ollie Richmond? Sure, I can tell you whatever I know. How do, how, do we? Is it true that we don't have any other information, really, unless it's like embedded in some like secret? Or well, only Richmond. Um, he, I guess. Yeah. There, there's. We don't really have a clear picture of him. I can tell you that. Um, some people have done more yeah. research yeah. into his life, and you know, it was a little more of a sordid tale than. Uh, one who originally believed about about him, but basically he did have knowledge. He wrote books. He actually wrote some books himself. He actually put them together. But there was only one copy of these books. Each book, there's only one copy of it. Okay, mm -hmm. and they had what they call these Egyptian mysteries in them about the cards and. That information is in somebody's attic somewhere. We don't know where it is. You know, we don't know where those books went after he died. He died in like 1920 or something. And we don't know what happened to the books he had. We don't know that the Order of the Magi had a big falling out with his uh, lover, which was, um, uh, what was her name? Arlene, I guess, Richmond. It's a long story. It gets a little sordid, oh. you know. But, yeah, all we have is what we have right now. Perhaps someday uh, somebody will uncover the rest of this information. And it, I it found could a be, copy of the Mystic Cat book. Yeah, well, you can still you can buy that on Amazon now. It's easy to get. Because um, we're over in, we're over in L.A., and, and the, 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 the Millie P. Hall um, Theosophical Society library is available in Los Angeles. Yes, I've, so I, I've, been, I, I've actually been there. I love that place. Yeah. yeah, I've been going there a bunch, and um, and I was just, you know, it's so fascinating cause to just find someone like yourself who has a wealth of knowledge for this system. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I know, you know, it's cool. It's cool to kind of chat to you, you know, because we we look at this every day. Well, that's great. Um, <laughs> Mystic Testbook, you can get them on Amazon. You can get the whole book. Yeah. We used to sell them, and then we still sell them, but now they're cheaper to get on Amazon. And does that does that work? Is that because I had people like saying it doesn't make sense? It's like it's not very clear how they, how to do it in there and stuff. That book is written intentionally to be very difficult to understand. That's so kind of coded, like it's a coded thing. Almost. That's right. 
it's kind of coded, but not even coded. It's like it's just got a lot of missing information. Yeah. He gives right. you a little pieces of it here and there, but there's a lot that he's not telling you, and you have to sit, just sit in there and scratch your head. I've, I've gone through it many times. I've had friends that are really, really smart go through it, and we took it all to pieces, and I just I ultimately came to the conclusion that there wasn't a lot there that was really useful. I'm a diamond, so it has to be useful. It has to have value. It has to be able to be used by people. So I, you know, I, I still look at it sometimes, but I gave up on, like, looking for some kind of secret in there because it just doesn't have enough information. But, you know, everybody should take a look at it. It really gives you a sense for how deep the system goes, you know. Yeah. Um, can I just ask one question? So um, the, what you were explaining before, how you were saying that, um, you know, we have our karma, like certain patterns that each individual has, like, you know, in a lifetime. And obviously you can look at these patterns with the system, like using the system to reflect on that and to actually be able to physically see it. You see a tangible result. Yeah. But like, mm -hmm. so... I, I mean, my question really becomes like how, what is the key to sort of overcoming that samsara, like for, you know, to, to evolve, like could you use the card and go, okay, well, what's the highest power of this card that I have in this space and time, like depending on like, you know, the day that it falls on to evolve and to like help yourself to be the best that you can be. Like is that, how, you know, is that like the best way to use the system or... Yeah, I think so. I, that's how I've always used it. I've always thought, yeah. and I've always taught people that, you know, the thing is to try to uh, see that every card can be expressed on a low level and on a higher level. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and see if you can have them expressed more on a positive level. It's not always possible. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it, it, is, it is something that, uh, is not impossible, and I find that the that the cards can be like this companion, a spiritual companion, like especially when you mm -hmm. see a scary card, you know, coming like a a nine or right. in nine. Saturn or an Ace of Spades in Saturn or some difficult card, and then you, you know, how you connect, how you relate to that? Do you push it away? Do you try to figure out a way around it? You know, all that is like teaching us about our relationship with our own life. You know? With yourself, so, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So I think yeah. ultimately, though, I think ultimately we will, we will just abandon the cards altogether. Everybody yeah. on yeah. the path will abandon it because it's, it, it's only useful to a point. But, it, mm -hmm. it's ha but I think it's useful to most people because most people aren't looking at themselves hardly at all, you know. Just yeah, that. exactly. And, like, I guess, you know, if, if we are really looking at ourselves, then we're going to be present in every single moment and accept every single moment with, with love, you know, like with observation and pure, like, just, like, harnessing it and holding it and being with it. Well, just being honest about what's going on. It's all, all that's required. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not some big, you know, I mean, I know, I mean, it's easy to kind of get into like this whole spiritual kind of a dream world about life, you know, where, you know, all these words, these flowery words come out and everybody's yeah. trying to like, you know, achieve some kind of a 
nirvana or something. But right. but when it comes right down to it, it's going to be what pisses you off and what scares you and what upsets you. That's what has to be looked at. Yeah, it and has, why? It has to, and, and yeah, and look at it. Like, where is my identity? Like we talked, I talked tonight about the story-based life. The only time that we get upset is when somebody is threatening our identity. That's it. That's, that's, so can I then, am I conscious enough to see, oh, I have this identity. Do I need that identity? Do I have to have that identity? You know, like I was Mr. Card Guy for such a long time. I really had to let a lot of that go, you know. I really did because I got a lot of negative feedback at one point in my, in my work and stuff. And it was just tremendous negative energy coming at me. And, you know, I had to say, well, am I, who am I without this? Because this isn't all the who I am. Mm. So I think everybody's path is different. You know, everybody's like, the universe is going to give everybody what they need when they need it, but it's going to happen in different ways for each of us. You know, it's, yeah. it's going to be unique. But we're all heading to the same place, I think, which is where we don't really have an identity anymore. I like yeah. that what Eckhart Tolle says. He says nobody ever became enlightened by gaining anything or yeah. by learning anything. They only became enlightened by losing everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey Rob. Yeah. Hey Rob. What's the best way to look at the um the yearly card and the fifty-two day card? Is that like a, is the fifty-two day card anything like the displacement card or the environment card or no? I'm sorry, I'm not sure what your question is. So on your on your app, you have there's an app called um it's the one that has the live spread. It's a bit it's a bit more elaborate. It has um, right right. Uh, so you, you you pull it up. It says your birth card, yearly card, fifty-two day card, then your daily card. Right. So, so I've got the four of clubs today, and then yearly card is the ten of clubs, and that, that's one of my, I think, my decanate cards as well. And then um, 52-day card is the ace of clubs, and the daily card is the two of diamonds. Like, how, right. can, you, um, re- how can you relate the yearly card and the 52-day card more? Because I'm really, I seem to be pretty good with birth cards and karma cards and understanding that, and I'm kind of getting, slowly getting into decanate cards, and I just, you know, kind of a bit more of a whole, whole picture of how to read the stuff, and I'm kind of fascinated by the solar spreads and all the life spreads and all that stuff. That's kind of like next level, which I'm kind of chipping right. away at. Yeah. But, um, I'm I'm like it's an, well, yeah, you know, it doesn't, doesn't sound like you have my books yet, like Cards of Your Destiny or Love Cards. Really, we need a, yeah. the whole foundation of the system is in those books. And everything I do sort of takes for granted that you've read the books. Yeah. So these, these questions are kind of like, uh, question about how, how it all works. Oh, you have the book. Okay, yeah, cool. Oh, we have the book. Which one do we got? The oh. Okay, cool. We have that one. I'll look at that one then tonight. Any, okay. Anyway, um, you have life spread cards. You have seven-year cards. You have seven. You have seven-year cards. You have yearly cards. And you have seven-week mm-hmm. cards. You actually have 52-day cards. And you have daily cards. But all these are like within a certain scope. You have to, it, it. It takes a while we don't teach all that up front. We don't, like, we don't expose people to that. I don't expose people to that usually right up front because it's too much, too many cards, you know. Just yeah. look at the yearly yeah. cards. Just look at your yearly cards 
And that's enough, you know, looking at the yeah. long range, the Pluto, the result, and then looking at um, the cards for each 52-day period. That could keep you occupied for years before yeah. you want to get into like, oh, now I got seven-year cards, I got environment, I got seven-year displacement environment, Pluto result cards, I've got underlying cards, I've got decanate ruling cards. You know, it, it's just a little too much, uh, too soon so for some people. My, yeah. So what what would my displacement card be right now? Do you know? Uh, for this year. Yeah, for four of clubs, nine eighty-two, Scorpio. It's the seven of hearts. Seven of hearts. Is this my displacement yeah. card? That's right, right. for what, the year. Okay. Yeah. And and yeah. the cards of your destiny book will have a complete description of what that means it's in the book. Yeah, yeah, seven of hearts, truth, truth and beauty, right? Image no. Love. No. All, no. All sorts of no. 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 You haven't read the book, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> She's got the book. I'm going to read it tonight. <laughs> the book has all the interpretations of every card in every position. Yeah. See, okay, you should great. read. Well, you should read the first thirty pages of the book because it out it, it 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 goes through the whole structure of it and all the terminology so that you're like on the nice, nice. right have page. You, have you got any other questions? Is there any other? Is there any other callers? Is there any other callers? Yeah, we have a couple other callers. So I'm okay, going we'll let to. You go. Thank you so much, Rob. Thank great you, talking Rob. to you guys. Have a great evening. Yeah, thank you so much, Rob. Thanks for being. Those are good. Those are good questions. I think everybody appreciate hearing them. So thanks for sharing. Good. Oh no worries. Uh, thank you. Thank you for chatting. Bye bye. Okay, Carmen, you've been waiting patiently. Are you there, Carmen? Yeah. Hi, Robert. How are you doing? Good. 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 Okay. I just I wanted to share something with you. I had a um, very good friend of mine that recently passed is um, he was an astrologer and um, he's the one that introduced me to your to the cards and uh, his uh, birth date was January 17th uh, 1939 mm-hmm. he predicted his own death he told me that between April and September uh, or in April or in September, he would die. And then he checked with the cards, and um, it like mm-hmm. confirmed what he saw in his astrology uh, chart. Mm. That's that's pretty cool that he predicted his own death. I think that's pretty cool, personally. Yeah, yeah. He just it's, got it's cancer. Brave. Huh? It's, br- it's brave too. It's uh, there's a lot of bravery, I think, in that. Yeah. But as you could see in the cards, you see the nine of spades. I think it's in Mars. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the and eight of spades in yes. Saturn. That's right. And he had a nine of spades environment also. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so I just wanted to share this with every everyone. Sure. Sure. And there is no really no questions. It was just something to share. Yeah, well, yeah, thanks. Everybody can look that up if they want and see how that works. So he he thought he would die in either his Mars period or Saturn. Is that what, you, what it was? Well, he said either April or September. Because April was his Venus period. Okay. But he ended up dying in his Venus period. Is that true? Well, he just he checked in uh, palliative care in, on July 20th. And, oh. Uh, yeah, just recently. 
Oh, so he oh, passed away in his Jupiter period. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. When you have a nine of spades environment, it seems to me like that would mean like a birth that, I mean, a death that you is good and perhaps wanted, you know. Wow. You know like he, he m might have wanted to leave at this time. I, on some level, I don't know, you know, how conscious he was, but he sounds like he was fairly conscious of himself. Yeah, it was a, yeah, he was a very good astrologer. His name was Galen, Galen Halimar. Uh-huh. I'm not familiar with that, his name, but uh, I appreciate you sharing that story about him. That's great. All yeah. right. Okay, okay, so that's it. Okay. All right, Carmen, have a, have a good evening. Thank you. You, for, you too. For sharing. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay, we have R. Crane, Rebecca. Is that right? Are you there, Rebecca? Wait a minute. Hold on. I didn't call on you yet. Oh, yeah, I did. Hello? Rebecca, I cannot hear you. Uh, maybe you're not there. <laughs> Or maybe my screen is messed up. I'm not sure which. Let's see here. Let me refresh this screen. Hello? I Well, she's not answering, so I'm going to just put her on hold again. Okay. Okay, who am I speaking to at 7.02, Eric Code? Hello? <laughs> this is funny. Nobody seems to be there when I, when I click on them. Maybe we're almost done anyway. Let me just try Rebecca one more time. Are you there, Rebecca? Hello? Hello. Hello. Oh, I've been unmuted, it says. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I, I was saying you. hello. I, Hi. I, I called on you a few minutes ago, but you, did think you didn't. I know. I was trying to mess with my screen and make myself audible. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I really didn't have much of a question. Just I'm wondering if you can speak to um, how the elements and nature you know, correspond with the cards. And I know, you know, I haven't really read that many of your books, but I had a friend introduce this uh, to me. I'm a professional astrologer of 20 years, but I'm, you know, just getting into the cards now. Sure. Um, and they're really just opening up a whole um, new world for me. And, and I'm just so curious about how predictive they are and how interesting that is. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just so, I don't know, fascinated by the, you know, connection between nature and our our stories and our predictive kind of like what what happens and how what how much are we playing into that and that's why I'm listening tonight to kind of hope to get some more information about that. I really was interested in the topic about how how much agency maybe do we have in our stories. Yeah, well, that's um, you sound like you're really giving this some deep thought. I think that's kind of cool. So. What specific question would you have that I could address? 
I think um, I need to hear more about your question, actually. And, uh, you know, it's funny because I, I actually didn't really mean to ask a question. And then <laughs> I, I'm just very curious about how maybe you would speak to um, maybe some advice for people who are in the story. And, you know, I'm also a psychologist by trade. So just thinking about sitting with people, them telling me about their stories, and me wishing I could kind of connect with them around the cards and say, you know, you're not necessarily fully in charge here. And how, how yeah. do I connect those worlds? Yeah. Well, we're, more palatable we're, for people? We're, we're mostly unconscious, you know. We really are. We think we're conscious. But most of what we do, we have absolutely no control over. Um, nobody, nobody chooses their mates consciously that I'm aware of, you know. <laughs> It's not something that's it's not a conscious process. And um, we can become conscious like every time a person, every time I run into something that upsets me, okay, now I know from lots of practice and help, <laughs> I've had help along the way, that when that happens, it's because I feel my ego, my identity of who I think I am is being threatened by something or somebody. I'm afraid I'm going to lose something or lose myself mm. or lose something that is so important to my sense of self that I go into a panic about it. That shows me where my identity lies, you see? Mm. And, and like it, it's it's an opportunity to feel what that is like. Like that story, there's a story in there somewhere about like um, you know like a good a, an example. This is not exactly my story, but something like it is like you know um, I I never get enough love. Mm. You know, and this could have come from childhood or even from a past life. Right, doesn't really matter. That what matters is that there is a story there. So if I feel really, what I do now is if I feel a lot of pain about something, and I still do, uh, I go into that pain, and I can go into it, and I can say, well, what's inside of that pain? And I can find that I have, like, a belief about myself in there, somewhere, or some negative thought. It's not really true, but some experiences in my past made me feel that it was true or believe it was true. See? Right. It became part of your identity, your story. Exactly. And what you said yeah. earlier about how attached to your identity are you? Who am I without this story? I think that's hard for a lot of people to answer. Oh, it's uh, one of the hardest things in the world. You know, yeah. and like I'm an ace of diamonds ruler, and I've noticed that most ace people, they're they're seen in the world as being very successful and very like ambitious, and we all sort of applaud aces because they're so ambitious and successful. But I see in our charts, I see insecurity and self-doubt and desperate need to feel worthy. Mm. See, that's what's really motivating all this so-called success. 
So I've had to really get in touch with my own sense of unworthiness a lot. Mm. And it's been really helpful. So the card, I mean, she actually talks about that a little bit in Sacred Symbols of the Ancients, which is one of the first books ever written on the cards. And um, when she just talks about um, the aces, I think. I remember reading it in her book. And I remember reading it a long time ago and not really not really crocking it, you know, uh, not really completely getting it. But now I see it. It's really, really strong, and it's, it's very important. And so, like, my growth as an ace is to look inside and see my own worthlessness, my own belief in my own worthlessness. That's just an example. I thought it might be helpful to see the a, shadow a side. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, not just the shadow side, but it's it's a definite thing for me. It's something that was made to be real in a, some past experience. You know, mm. I took I took it to be the truth. Well, that's it. That's the false self in early psychology, psychoanalytic exactly. psychology, right? They talk about the false self we've created exactly. in order to get exactly. along, right? Yeah, exa exactly. So the question is then, what do you do with that? You know, once you see it, what do you do with mm -hmm. it? There is, no, there is no mental technique that actually does, that works in that situation. Right. There's no, like, I mean, uh, it's, hard, it's hard to describe, actually. So yeah. what... So what is your birthday? You haven't told us that. Oh, I'm uh, July 16th, 1977. I'm a Queen oh, of Clubs. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that card well. That's my mother's birthday. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not the same year. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I'm constantly working with the mind. I'm also studying human design with a friend, and that's all about deconditioning the program. Well, Ace, Ace of Clubs is your ruling card. Right. And they never stop learning. They're always. Always, yes. You'll be hmm. learning it. You'll be learning until the day you die. You will. You just, you'll. Well, that's you'll good. Never, okay. you'll, you'll never stop reading, taking classes, you know. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing that, that design. My mother's not like that, though. It's interesting because my mother grew up on a farm and never really learned to read, actually. But but she's not. She's funny. She's never had any formal education. But she's not stupid either. She's very intelligent. It's just that you know, she never had that opportunity. So it's interesting. Yeah, I feel like we pick up a lot of information by osmosis, um, and already have a perspective, which helps. I mean, I don't know yeah. whether that's you know the Queen of Clubs. Well, you're you're a double club, so your journey is going to be a lot through knowledge yes you know it's going to be like you know they say that like hearts are searching for the perfect love and clubs are searching for the perfect knowledge <laughs> yes okay. i would agree with that yes so deprogram and decondition myself to get to the truth that's yeah yeah. yeah and um the mind is the challenge but being the whole a story thing I think there's, I, I wrote an article, it might actually be on my website still, it used to be, there's some free articles on there, it's mm. called The Trouble with Clubs. <laughs> oh, I'd love might, to read that. I you, might find, you might find that interesting. Uh, it, you okay, know, it, every suit has their, 
has their their downfall, you might say. You know, of course. Every every single suit, and uh, it's kind of funny when you look at them. Uh, I, I'm so tired of my own diamondness. It it I I I make myself sick looking at what I do and things I say. <laughs> like, why am I always wanting to know how much everything costs? <laughs> Constantly, how right. much is that? That's not worth it. <laughs> well, this is it. It's always going to be your orientation, but how much that, does it play into your story? Yeah, that's that's the stage that I play my drama out through, mm -hmm. and yours will be in the realm of knowledge more than right. And trying not to be a prisoner of my mind, really, and yeah, let my mind make me believe certain things that are not really true. Well, even though I'm not a, a club at all, I have tremendous mental stuff in me. Uh, it doesn't show up so much in my cards. It does show up. My decanated rulers are jack of clubs. Uh, but um, it, in my, I have all the threes. Three is a number of the mind. I have all the threes in my life spread. The queen of diamonds has all the threes. In mm. So there's mind everywhere with the queen hmm. of diamonds. And, you know, I'm finding that I, I spent so many years trying to find the right knowledge that was the right knowledge and the best knowledge, and I thought I had it, and then I realized that it was getting in the way of reality. It was it was causing me to resist and fight with other people and my partners, and you know, and I was an asshole. I was right, but I was an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like that you know right how it so, so I've learned I, mean, I just did I don't really want to be like that anymore I don't I I remember taking a workshop once and they said would you rather be right or get what you want hmm. <laughs> that's a good question that's a great question and you know I, I think I had chosen being right for a long time and I realized that it wasn't that important anymore so I'm letting go of a lot of that and it's been good. It's been good. It's been really good. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for taking my call. I don't want to take yeah. time, but I appreciate you talk, talking with me. Yeah. yeah, thanks for being on the call. This was very fun, and I appreciate you being here. Have a good night. Thank you. You too. All right. Bye, everyone. Okay, guys, we're about done. I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Um, we'll be back in another couple weeks. I don't have um, a topic in mind yet if you have something you'd like me to talk about uh, please um, send me an email let me know what you, what you what you would like to hear and we'll get to it thank you for being here you guys have a great night